Thanks for listening to the Vale podcast. If you'd like to help us out, you can simply give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or perhaps your company would like to financially support us. There are now a couple of ways for you to do this. You can buy some advertising sponsorship from as little as $100 per month or you can now make fully tax-deductible donations via Functional Arts. Head to the website to find out more, thevalepodcast.com.au. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded and pay our respects to Elders past, present and Aboriginal Elders emerging. The Vale Podcast, written by Mildura Living Magazine. Autumn issue out now. Oh, look, it's time for a special Easter edition because there's lots of things we didn't cover in last week's edition and things that we should. And one thing that we should get back to is, of course, speaking to our local constabulary. And we've got Senior Sergeant Dale Long in the chair. How are you? I'm good. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, listeners. Are you geared up for a what is going to be a huge weekend around Robinvale, Euston area? Oh, look, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think from my perspective, I've been here since July uh, and through that COVID lockdown period. Mm. And I think, you know, the ski race really marked the start of the town coming back to life. And I think this will be another fantastic event Um to complement that, really. The ski race was big too. But was it was it quiet with regard to you guys? Yeah, look, we had very little problems. Great. Um, you know, the crowd that come, you know, they spend a lot of money to come here. So it's not the typical um, crowd you would expect to cause you problems, <laughs> I suppose. So, uh, no, we, we had very little problems. Everyone was quite well behaved. Mm. And, and, look, everyone had a great time, myself included. I, I worked the event. And I had a fantastic time. Yeah, it's it's a good time. And I, even the uh, the Saturday night, my kids had never been because I've got a three year old, so of course he's never seen actually a ski race before, um, because he was born in the he was born in May, so never seen a ski race. So went down on the Saturday night and the uh, got quite comfortable with the bar there. That was a good setup, and then the fireworks. It was a good time. Look, it was, it was fantastic. And yeah. I, look, I think. Um, I may have been there when the lights got turned out. Oh, I was having a wow of a time. So, um, and everyone was just having a, a really good time. Mm, and it was mm. great to see that you now that community spirit come back. Yeah, and the place come back to life. Yeah. Speaking of bringing things back to life, this weekend, obviously being Easter, we can see the COVID recovery happening on the highways coming into town in the form of cars and caravans. Yeah, most definitely. We've we've had. Well, I think the ski race weekend really marked an increase in, in travel to and from Robinvale area. Mm. Unfortunately, it's also marked a significant increase in road trauma and collisions we've we've had. Um, I mean, following the, the ski race on that Monday, there was a near head-on collision between a couple of four-wheel drives and caravans out at uh, Boundary Bend. Yeah, that's right. Which um, pretty much de- uh, destroyed both of the vehicles. And there was two people taken to hospital for observation, but... Yep. It, it was astounding when I attended that particular mm. scene that there was no injuries. Yeah, I had actually a couple of friends that drove past and had messaged me saying the kids are really shaken up about it. Can you just confirm whether um, everyone's okay? Yeah. And I had it was good to say actually, yeah, no, everyone is okay. I've um, never seen such a uh, a debris field in my yeah. Yeah, you think about two caravans and all those contents. Yep. And that was sprawled across the road, mm. but the the, the local locals and, and the people on the on the um, highway at that time, they were really quick to stop 
and clear the roadway so yep. that it was safe for everyone. So mm. it, it was a fantastic community spirit. Yep. But by crikey, I don't know how no one was further injured. Yeah. Either. The Boundary Bend community are a good community, though. They're pretty tight. They get out and help and they're a pretty good community. Look, we I like think, them. Um, I gather you're from that community, Jade. I, I, I used to live in Boundary Bend, <laughs> and my grandpet, my grandmother, sorry, was from Natcha Boundary Bend area. Yep. Um, but I do attend the Boundary Bend Progress Association on a monthly meeting, and do quite enjoy it. It's quite entertaining, oh, and the scones down. are good too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it was uh, it, it was good, but that's that's uh, something you would see in in these country locations. Mm. You know, it's not something you would get in, in your in your metropolitan situation, or even in your bigger towns in Mildura, Swan Hill. You won't. It's because we're cooler, Longy. It's because we're cooler. Look, I just think we <laughs> we uh, we care and we understand what services are available and the reality of the situation mm. that you know we need to pitch in and help. Yeah, that's exactly right. Speaking of road trauma, and we I don't want to focus on this too much, but how is everyone in blue coping after the accident last weekend? Yeah, look, quite frankly, it's left. Our whole division, which encompasses Swan Hill, Karang, it's left us all reeling. To be honest, mm. I personally knew um, I personally knew the members involved. Both the members, mm. I'd worked with them um, on and off. I've been a supervisor. I came from Mildura prior to this posting, mm. so I'd been working in Mildura for some fifteen years. So yeah, right. So I knew um, both of them quite well. Um, we had, uh, Thomas has actually worked in Romvale. Yeah. Tom Canane worked here. That's right. He for did a period too. Of time. So, yep. so he's well known uh, to the community. Um, it's just left us devastated, to be honest. Mm. It's um, we find it difficult. It, it's uh, and people wouldn't probably think about this, but just attending fatalities in a general sense is quite confronting for us. It's mm. part of our job, yeah, but it's not a part of the job we like, and it leaves those um, long lasting probably psychological scars, so to, to, to uh, attend a scene where your colleague is, has been killed, mm. I couldn't imagine it and I never want to ever imagine that, but I, I know it's devastated uh, the Mordura community in general. Uh, we've been lucky to have a lot of support. We've had uh, our Western Region colleagues from Bendigo, Geelong, a lot of members come up and work as supervisors um, and work on the frontline duties just to give some of the members a spell mm. while they try and process it and grieve. Um, the Victoria Police have, you know, have spent um, – have activated welfare teams and all that sort of stuff, and we're wrapping all of those um, services around our members, but it's going to take a, a long, long time for, for um, those wounds to heal. Mm. Uh, and the scars will always be there. Oh, absolutely. We'll pass on our condolences um, to all the other members that you come into contact with because yeah, it's not certainly. a, you know, and Blue Ribbon Foundation I know do a good job, you know, with the aftermath and the aftermath of families and things. It's one of those charities that I give to every year. My kids have got lots of Constable Bee Bears and, and things like that. So um, it won't be any different this year. Yes, no, so. look, and, and the support from the community, quite frankly, has been overwhelming. Mm. Uh, in Mildura, there's, you know, flowers everywhere and um, it's been really good. I think particularly us as police, uh, during that COVID period, mm. you know, we came out of a, a period where unfortunately four of our members were killed on the Eastern Freeway in that, that particular incident and, and the community wrapped around us. Mm. 
and then COVID hit and we unfortunately became the people who had to enforce these very unpopular rules. Mm. Um, whether we agreed or not, we signed up to be to, to adhere to all the laws and be impartial and all those things. But we took a hit. People didn't like us oh. because we had to do the job that no one wanted to do. Yeah, exactly. And you do have to be impartial given that you're a public servant and things like that. But is COVID a dirty word to you now? Oh, I wish never to hear it again, to be yeah. quite frank. Um, it just, uh, other than the enforcement things, it just destroyed the communities really mm. and the community spirit and mm. all those things, you know. No football and netball in a small community. Yeah. That has a hell of a negative impact. Oh, huge. Um, and I think we're seeing that, that now in the the slow uptake of it again, just I with locals. Think so. yeah. I think people are... They've got into a bubble and got into perhaps a bit of a groove and and everyone's trying to get themselves out of that groove mm. and get back to some sort of normality. It's going to be hard though. What, I don't, people don't know what that looks like anymore. No, that's right. What does that mean? Mm. Or can, if we get out of that, are we just going to be put back in the bubble, especially with winter coming on now? And I think that is actually a really – it's a real concern for people, you know, Absolutely. especially if we see overseas. There's some states in America – Calvin was talking about it um, earlier this week – you know, there's some states in America that are starting to lock down again. Shanghai's gone into lockdown again. It's a We're real coming concern, into isn't it? absolutely. We're coming into the your, your general period where your cold and flu season is at its peak. Mm. Therefore, your COVID is no different. It would be at its peak, uh, and everyone's worried about what does that mean for us. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I no, mean, no one wants another lockdown, but everyone's fearful that that could occur. Oh, I'm fearful that. That's yeah. a re- very real possibility. Absolutely. But after seeing the, and I said this to you yesterday, after seeing the Buddy Franklin thousandth goal kicked and all of those people on the <laughs> S- on the SCG, I don't ever want to hear the words COVID safe plan ever again. Yes, ever. Was, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it really uh, brought us back. I, th- I think even in general sense, the, the AFL season this year has got a different feel about it. Mm. Everyone feels like things are going to be better. Yeah. And that was just fantastic, mm. although it's probably illegal, I imagine. But <laughs> to, just to see that um, you know, swell of support yeah. around Buddy in what is traditionally a big deal. Yeah. Oh, it's absolutely a big deal. And that's been a normality throughout mm. all the careers of those people that have been good enough to kick a 1,000 goals, mm. you know. Not many of them, and I don't think we'll see it again. The game's changed so much now. You don't get yeah. those – key full forwards that kick, you know, the big yep. full forwards like Buddy Union. Right. I think we, it's really spread amongst, you know, the forward line and the midfield these days. Mm-hmm. And I think we'll be lucky to see those big numbers. Yeah. Um, it'll be a rarity, I think. I, I think it will. I don't think I'll see it again. At least, look, I'll say unless, you know, those rule changes come back around full circle because that's what's killed the game in my opinion. Like I just have very little interest in the AFL. I have much more interest in watching the NRL these days, which – in Victoria, apparently, is not okay, but whatever. I'm also a Richmond supporter, so oh, look, it's normally fleet. a dirty word, but you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, so footy doesn't start here until the thirtieth. I'm guessing we'll see members getting around the local footy and stuff again because over the last couple of years, you guys have kind of been absent because you've been busy doing other things. Yeah, absolutely. You I know, mean, we were stretched uh, far all over the place when we had. We had responsibilities to, you know, um, support the border, 
mm. closures, which is something I never thought I'd see in my lifetime. Yeah. Um, Not in Australia anyway. No. It's just bizarre, isn't it? No, I was, I was, I was quite frankly astounded that mm. when that happened, I, I was in disbelief. Yeah. Um, that we you know we had hotel quarantine, which everyone from all over Victoria Police had to contribute to. Mm. So the members had to come from somewhere. Yeah. So you know it's been a big impact, mm. and we've really missed getting amongst the community, seeing us wandering around the local footy, having a chat to the kids, having mm. a kick of the footy with the kids. Yeah. Um, and kids know. love that. Absolutely like, they do. I've got two little boys, one little boy in particular who's obsessed with the police and police uniforms and stuff like that. And I think, yeah, they've really missed seeing you guys walking around. So I know you've got a special interest in sort of community policing. Absolutely, yep. What's Tell us a bit about that. What's that involve? What's that? So it's not Neighbourhood Watch like no, I thought no, it was. No, no, no. So <laughs> what we wanted to be involved in, you know, we made a mistake back in the day where we've taken police the policing program out of schools. Mm. And that was the first point of contact we could have where they could see us just for people who want to help. Yeah. Do they not do that anymore? No, we haven't done that for a while. So we're I we're remember getting, that at school. We're getting absolutely yeah. I still remember the member to this day. Same. It was Paul Prendergast in Swan Hill. There you go. There you go. And I think he's still in Swan Hill. He may very well be. Yeah. There you go. But yeah, th- simple things like that, becoming involved in the in the community sporting, just being seen in and around and engaging with the community. Mm. The community, they pay our wages. Mm. They want to see what do they get for their money. Yep. Um, how do we get the feedback about what's going on in the town? Mm. We've got to build that community trust. Mm. So we've got a long way to go. It's going to be good fun doing well, so. absolutely. Well, it would be great to see you back out on the well, – I don't want to say back out on the beat, but you know what I mean. 100%. <laughs> I know what you mean, Jane. <laughs> you know what I mean. So <laughs> let's talk about camping real quick because I'm heading out to the river this afternoon if I can get a spot. And with all the caravans around, I don't know how if we will get a spot. But as far as camping, camp safety and road safety this Easter long weekend, give us some key points. What should we remember? Look, I think first and foremost, uh, you need to make sure that you're, uh, both your caravan – and your vehicle are up to the task. Mm. You know, I've seen, unfortunately, we've seen a bit. We see some humongous caravans and, and a vehicle that's just not fit for purpose. <laughs> the, big old, the big old caravan being towed by a Camry. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, you know, that is just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether it's legal or not, put that aside, <laughs> the safety risk that, uh, that poses to not only themselves but the other road users, mm. users is, is just huge. Yeah, yeah. So... That would be a, the key message. Mm. Um, and you're telling a caravan it's not a race. Drive to the conditions. You can't be driving uh, towing a caravan at, you know, 110. Mm. That's just, um, you know, going to cause you problems. Mm. And, the, and the increased chances of having a collision or something go wrong is, is huge. So I'll just say, you know, drop it back, enjoy the journey to get there and uh, – Everyone will have a much, much better time. Absolutely. However, however. 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 And I've got nothing against caravans. I don't do a huge amount of touring because we live in the best part of the Murray River as far as I'm concerned, so I'm not going to travel far with my caravan to go camping. However, I do travel the highways quite a bit, and particularly on the Sturt Highway where overtaking can be – I'm not a huge overtaker on that highway because I just think it's dangerous because there's lots of bends and hills and whatever. If you're driving a caravan at 80 k's an hour – there's lots of rest stops along that road. If there is a lineup of cars behind you, 
in your professional opinion, would it be courteous to maybe head off into one of those rest stops and let the line of cars go past? 100%. Thank you. And I think that's a key message. Not only just, you know, can, can going too fast be a problem, mm. but going too slow can be a problem too mm. for the other row users. Yeah. And sometimes that can lead to, well, everyone gets frustrated, let's be honest. Yeah. But that frustration sometimes can lead to an overtaking man- manoeuvre which could be really quite dangerous in an area which is yeah. is should not suitable. Mm. So yeah, I would urge that anyone in towing a caravan, if you get to a, re- a rest stop or a place where you can pull over and let them go past, please do so. Yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll love you for it. Oh, absolutely. You'll get a nice little courteous wave, or at least you should, and if you don't then you can get frustrated. Quite, quite pretty you know, much so. It's like the old, <laughs> you know, when someone lets you in and you don't get the wave, that annoys the hell out of me. Yes, I don't think we're very – I think we're pretty good in the country – Oh, in the country we are. In Melbourne, I think we're we're quite rude drivers in Melbourne these days. Well, I don't get to Melbourne as much as I used to, but um, I certainly don't do the freeway driving that I used to, and I don't miss it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I'll be quite frank. I'm a a country boy and uh, I see no – I have no inclination to to ever want to live in the city. No. It's not me. No. No, I've lived in some of the biggest cities in the world and I'm quite happy – yeah, thank you very much. Indeed. Yeah. Thank you very much for coming in uh, just before Easter. It's much appreciated and we will have to get back to doing this, you know, at least once a month so that we can we can keep up to date. Now, before you go, there's a couple of other things that people go, why didn't you ask him about Menangatang? I knew that was coming, Joe. <laughs> well, I knew. I know you can't say much. In fact, I, I, I was disappointed that you hadn't <laughs> headed that, but anyway. <laughs> well, you keep people listening right to the end. Absolutely. That's a very valid point. Mm. So yeah, look, uh, that that was an absolute tragedy. It was uh, I happened to be working on night shift uh, mm. when that occurred. So um, in essence, I ended up in charge of that particular scene, uh, which is, is is quite a confronting thing to occur in Menangatang. I don't think it's had a a murder or, or a homicide for an enormous period of time. Over a hundred years. Yeah, which you know that's what you would expect of a, a community yeah. such as that. Um, it, it was a shock. To all of us, it was a, certainly a massive shock to the community and the community were really worried for a period of time mm. thinking that could there be a murderer amongst us. <clears throat> and it, it, That would be a really real fear though Absolutely. until you know what's going on. And unfortunately with criminal cases, it's yes. not always easy to get information. There's not always no. a lot of information put out to put so, the community at ease. And that's right. And we, we tried to look at some reassurance type stuff to... Uh, but, but it was difficult until we had, you know, that uh, offender or that suspect in custody mm. and had charged them. Then we could sort of release a bit more information to the community and say, it's not one of your locals. This, this is a person who's uh, from Albury who is known to the victim mm-hmm. and uh, there's obviously something's gone on there um, which – Will obviously come out come out when it comes time for the for the court case, mm. but uh, it's certainly not some. There's not someone running around the community, uh, you know, just murdering people mm. willy nilly. We're not going to have a true crime podcast come out of Menangatang like they do for some of those small Alaskan towns that have serial killers in them. I would certainly hope not. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm I'm not sure that my job's been very effective. <laughs> Let's just. Take it easy, Jade. Take it easy. But it, look, essentially, it, as we know, there's you know, a 41 year old from from Albury has been charged mm-hmm. with murder, mm-hmm. which is you know that's a, that's a that's big a, call. That is a big charge to, uh, to charge someone with murder as opposed to manslaughter. Yeah. Um, what I would say is, is the way in which 
the local members, mm. members from Romvale, members from Manangatang, members from Sea Lake, attended, mm-hmm. preserved that scene, got all the accounts of the witnesses. You know, we have, have managed to identify all the evidence which we provided to the Homicide Squad, which has led to the arrest of that offender. Geez, so, that's good, isn't it? So it's not just the Homicide Squad do a fantastic job. They are absolutely professionals. Mm. But without that basic groundwork that our members here, our local members, yep. our local constables yep. have done, yep. we, may, we may not be there yet. Yeah, yeah. So it's really a testament to the professionalism that uh, in which they conduct themselves, which you know, I, I observed firsthand on the night. Things were very well organised mm. and, and all I had to do was sort of arrange some specific taskings. Yep. But but they did exactly what they're trying to do, and they did it well. Geez, that's good. That's a because there's a lot of things, and because I do listen to a lot of true crime podcasts, <laughs> there are a lot of because everything is obviously how it looks on underbelly, and you know oh, indeed, all yes, these podcasts. Yes. Obviously, it's, it's exactly so like that. Yeah, <laughs> but there's a lot of things that could go wrong. One hundred percent. And you hear about things, you know, cases. Maria James is one of those ones that 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 sticks in my mind about things that have gone wrong and evidence, you know, this is back in the early 80s and things like that, but that, that first preservation of scenes and, and processing of evidence, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. So if they've done a, a spectacular job, then that's 100%. awesome. I mean, that's allowed not only the witness accounts to lead us uh, in the pathway uh, which turned out to be mm. the murderer, but, you know, the preservation of forensic evidence to corroborate all of those things, all that stuff's vital. Absolutely vital, and and the members concerned did absolutely a stellar job. Mm. Stellar job. Awesome. Is forensic evidence these days, in in your professional opinion, will that seal a case, or is there still too many variables with the technology in Australia? Um, I suppose it's a it's a pretty complicated to answer that. It's mm. it's a case by case basis. Mm. I mean, the DNA evidence. Um, if uh, a particular suspect says they've never been to this particular premises yep. and all of a sudden their DNA is over everything, yep. well, it's pretty compelling. Yeah, very. So, look, it really depends on the circumstances, but it, uh, I mean, we always look for, you know, there's nothing better than an eyewitness account. Yep. That, that, is, that is absolute gold for us in policing. Mm-hmm. Um, but to have that backed up with such compelling forensic evidence, wow. Yeah. You know that that that's what we look for, mm. not only to um, you know to, to seal or have the best case uh, put forward to the courts, but ultimately we want to have such a compelling case that we avoid a trial. The accused pleads guilty. There's less trauma on the victims, the victim's family, mm. and things just get dealt with rather yeah. than a prolonged trial that um, costs a lot of money. It does cost a lot of money. And it, it really is, um, it, it can negatively impact on not only your witnesses, your family members. Mm. Um, it, it's not a very nice process. No. Not no. very nice at all. No. A uh, couple of quick fire questions then for you about yep. the Menangatang case. Certainly. Did the dog get injured? There were initial reports that the dog did get injured, mm. but I, I, I don't. I don't know. Oh. I'll be honest. The uh, I'd forgotten all about the dog. Oh, 
the dog was my first, con- well, my second concern <laughs> after you'd heard someone that had been killed. Um, then yeah, because this this is the rumor yeah. mill that we put up with in a in a you know small town. You have bamboozled me there. I I do recall um, that the dog was mentioned in, in all the initial um, accounts. Yeah. But I don't know whether the dog was in fact injured. I know we never had to arrange any treatment or anything for for, oh, the, that's good. for the animal. So uh, I don't know if it could so have been, but that. not seriously. We'll put it down to that. Well, look, mm. I don't think I'm going to uh, <laughs> fuel the fires, so I'm not sure. What about the 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 partner of the deceased? Yep, injured. Yes, yes, yep. she, she did have an injury. Yes. Yeah. Right. Well, I think that was all I really needed to ask because, again, yeah. these are just the rumours and people were saying the dog was killed as well. Um, no, no, no. The, okay. the dog was just fine. Yeah, okay, good. Well, wow. I, don't, I don't even believe injured, so okay, um, is my understanding. But I'll be honest, in all the uh, circumstances, I'd totally forgotten about the dog. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> so, you've yeah. probably got other things on your plate <laughs> rather than the dog. Yes. But the, for those of us that are not members of Victoria Police, you know, sometimes we worry about animals. Um, here's another quick one Indeed. for you. The, the ladies at Loft, and they'll kill me for saying this, the ladies at Loft over the past few weeks <laughs> have uh, been quite impressed with the level of uh, <clears throat> plainclothes police officers getting around in Robinvale. So would we be suggesting perhaps, Jane, <laughs> that the, the calibre of male uh, detectives that may have been visiting was impressive? I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, there was one or two you kind of went, oh, yeah. But I, I think the ladies in some aspects can smell, I don't want to say fresh meat, but they can smell it. <laughs> and it, it catches their eye. Was Indeed. that about the, um, was that just some old cases or was that relating to Menangatang? No, or? That, that one had nothing to do with Menangatang. So yeah, right. we have detectives come up. Um, in fact, we had detectives here yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and the day- I wasn't at Loft yesterday. So... Uh, Yes, we were. Oh, yes, yesterday. we were here lots yesterday. <laughs> Jesse mustn't have been there. <laughs> anyway, um, they, they come up regularly. So uh, whilst it's a really quite bizarre scenario, so whilst I, I, my chain of command reports to Swan Hill, mm-hmm. Inspector, yep. all of our detective support comes from Wildura. Right. So we have, uh, unfortunately, Ronvale is no exception to the uh, family violence mm. problems that mm. it, we have everywhere else. Yep. Um, it doesn't discriminate on demographics, culture, race, or any of those things. Mm. And unfortunately, we have a significant portion of family violence yeah. offending that happened in in our um, in our town. Unfortunately, mm. that our members are dealing with on the daily. Yeah, really. Is so, that what keeps you busiest? Look, it does keep us really busy. Mm. There's quite a bit involved when you think about investigating first and foremost the criminal aspects. Mm. And then making sure there's uh, intervention order process to protect the victim, and then making sure that the victim's safe. Mm. Where's the victim going to go? Um, what are we going to do with that person to make sure they're safe? Mm. Is the is the order enough? Do we need to have them uh, the services relocate them somewhere? Mm. There's quite a lot that goes into it. It's quite complex. Yeah, it is quite complex now. Twenty years ago, and I'm not going to go into this too much now, but twenty years ago. I had an, an incident, was involved in a, a violent relationship and the police were called, not by me, but by someone else, and it was kind of a, oh, well, he's in bed, can you go and stay with a friend? And that was it. That was it. Yep. I think in the, uh, 
in the past, I think we did things pretty poorly. Yeah. And it's really uh, in the last 10 years, we've really lifted our game. We've got new risk assessment tools, which has really highlighted um, some of the risks that, that we weren't considering, mm. things that were, we were missing. Mm. We can't afford to miss. Mm. You have a look at, at the majority of uh, homicides and they are perpetrated by an intimate partner. Yep. Yep. That is a reality. Yeah. School friend um, of mine, Samantha Fraser, yep. down on, I think it was Mornington. Um, you know, that case has been quite a high-profile one. She went to school in Swan Hill. Swan Hill girl was killed by her ex-partner. Yep. Um, and that was only last year or the year before. Uh, happens all the time. It's horrific. It's really unfortunate that, um, yeah, we're still trying to, to break those barriers. I mean, people don't want to talk about what happens in their private lives. This, mm. this is a very intimate part of your life mm. that they don't want people to know about. Mm. You know, they don't want the stigma involved yeah. with, with that. And sometimes I think it gets to the point where they don't know they're being abused until it does get physical and sometimes by that stage it's yeah. too late. And I think um, there, there's a perpetual cycle, you know, that will happen if, if perhaps they've seen that as normalised behaviour mm. in their childhood. Yep. Well, then they don't see that as family violence mm. and things escalate and things escalate but they don't, still don't see that that's wrong. That's just how things are. And yeah. we're trying to change that attitude and try and um, educate people. But it's hard in that environment because mm. often your victims are isolated. Um, you know, that's that's the way perpetrators work. They'll isolate them. Mm-hmm. They'll make them dependent. There's all those things. So um, what I would say is, you know, our, our victims are probably unlikely to be the ones that, that disclose what's happening to police. Yeah. What I would say, if, you, if you're a friend or you're a family member and you know something, speak up. Please mm. say something. Mm. I'd much rather, you know, have to deal with that and all the consequences and the problems associated with intervening in that family than attend a homicide. Oh, uh, 100%. 100% because you're right. It's not often going to be the victim having been there. You know, you don't want to say anything because you want to protect that person. Half Absolutely. the time. Yep. You know, there's all sorts of various reasons and, and things, but um, it's great that there has been progress to the point now when if there is an incident, <clears throat> there are, you know, things like, and there's names for it. There's things, you know, we know now that coercive control is that that isolating, you know, that financial abuse, all that, all that kind of stuff. There's labels for it so you know what to look for. But also when something does happen and intervention orders are put in place, that there are emergency housing, there is services and things like that. This is stuff that 20 years ago absolutely was not there the, the, and it wasn't there. 20 years ago, you know, the, one of the parties would have been taken somewhere else. Um, or told to, to, to go to, stay with a friend. Yeah, so it was done really poorly. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, we've got uh, well, that particular, getting back to your, to your loft <laughs> uh, that particular member is one of our um, detectives at the Family Violence Investigation Unit. Yeah, right. Yep. So uh, he was up here to – we have managed defenders in Romvale. Yep. What I mean by that – Managed defenders. So we have people who yep. are high risk uh, of perpetrating family violence. Right. They get regular visits from both us and the detectives from the Family Violence Investigation Unit. Really? To try and keep them on track, try yep. and get them engaged in services and try and break that cycle. Yeah, right. And if they won't break that cycle, we will come down with them with whether it's road policing, mm. drugs, mm. whatever we need to, mm. we will come down on that person and I will not make any apologies for it. Oh, which is great. Well, 
that helps us sleep better at night. I think yeah, you know so, when. So they come regularly. Mm. Uh, they'll have they'll have maybe possibly five that we're we're closely monitoring here in Romvale. Yeah. Uh, in Mildura, in another life prior to what this posting here, I was the one of the detective sergeants at the Mildura Family Violence Investigation Unit. So right, I know I come from that background. Yeah. Uh, so I know full well the risks and um, and the way to try and break that cycle, mm. I guess. So mm. It's you know, a hell of a fight, though, trying to break that cycle. It is. It, it really is. And sometimes it takes some pretty horrendous offending mm. before um, a person's willing to say enough's enough. Yeah. Or b- before those offenders understand that they've got a problem. Unfortunately... Uh, there are a number of offenders who will never believe they yeah. have a problem and we will never yeah. change them. Mm. Uh, and they're the ones that I'll, I'll target in any other capacity I can Yeah, okay. if they keep perpetrating that. Not mm. only will they, I target them, you know, if they're breaching family violence things, mm. we'll target them with it, whatever legislation we can. Mm. If they're not going to get the message and, and try and change their behaviour, mm. then we'll target them. Absolutely. Oh. Well, that's good to hear because they need to be targeted. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's all, we've got to mm. keep people safe. Oh, absolutely, you know? especially families. Imagine but not feeling safe in your own home. What a, what a horrible concept and feeling that would be. Mm. It's a horrible feeling. It's absolutely horrendous and you don't sleep and you don't um, – thankfully I married a wonderful man, you know, had to go through a few frogs to get to the prince, but – that feeling of not feeling safe in your own home, not ever wanting to go home, those things. And you're right, if you know someone like that, that doesn't ever want to go home, that, you know, that, you know. Anyway. Absolutely. We I mean, could have a whole podcast <coughs> on this. Oh, look, indeed. You know, it, it, there are anonymous ways mm. in which you can report family violence. Mm. The crime stoppers. Yeah. There are all those things. But that little snippet of information might be just the thing that helps us maybe save someone's life. Mm. And it, it absolutely does save people's life. Even that little bit of intervention that I got from members on one particular night was enough. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't much. It was, you know, 20 years ago and I'm so glad the system's changed, but sometimes just a little bit of intervention is enough to bust things open and and absolutely save your life. And I have no doubt that that saved my life that night. So, you know, I know you weren't there, but well, whilst, it wasn't, whilst it wasn't <laughs> as good as it could have been, um, you know, I, I'm glad that intervention it was effective. Yeah, helped at some point. And I would like mm. to think that we have moved on and, and we do things a lot better these days. It certainly sounds like it because I do have a lot of um, contact with, you know, obviously members of Victoria Police now and people involved in the the family violence um, and family safety um, sectors and things like that. So it does sound like the and I'm astounded actually when I think back to those incidents and now, you know. I've got friends that, you know, have had to um, report incidents and things like that and, you know, they pretty much whispered, you know, something like he pushed me or he shoved me or whatever it might have been and there's a there's an intervention order slapped on straight away. Yep. Whereas, you know. It's chalk and cheese. The, it's cho- it is really chalk and cheese. Yeah. progressed. Um, mm. And then even recently where Victoria Police were trialling a, a not dissimilar risk assessment tool for stalking. Yeah, right. Because where you would would have seen in Melbourne, there was a, a, a I think it was Melbourne, a young lass who 
uh, a, a colleague became infatuated with, mm. um, stalked her and eventually killed her. Killed her. Yeah, so that's right. these are some of the things we're, we're looking – we've looked at the family violence tool. Mm. Okay, what can we put in place to identify these really high-risk stalking behaviours yeah. where we, there's no intimate relationship? Yeah, but it gets it, – it, it, social media lends itself to that, Indeed. doesn't it? It's really a dangerous place. Life was a lot more simple when you and I grow up oh. uh, and, and none of this stuff. It, it's really added yeah. a new dimension of uh, problems, mm. uh, both in terms of being, people being able to be tracked. Mm. Uh, our kids don't feel safe anymore because you can be bullied anywhere. Yeah, that's right. You get bullied in your own house. Yeah. You know, the, the, these things, they're not good for, for our children. No. And they're not good for vulnerable adults either. No. At all. 100%. There's, there's some keyboard warriors there that. Oh. That, that are happy to uh, put some pretty vile stuff out there. Yeah. That they would not be happy to have a conversation with a person about. They're happy to do it behind a, a keyboard where there's, uh, they've got that anonymity mm. or or they're that distance. Yeah. So, um, well, our um, podcast Facebook page was getting trolled earlier in the week. And I think from my point of view, you look at the profiles and clearly it's a fake profile. Now, if you need a fake profile to troll a page or someone and call me whatever they want to call me, well, that says more about you than it does about me, block and delete. Indeed. But, Indeed. you know, not everyone faces these things with that that attitude. You know, that can really damage people. 100%. It really can. And we've lost the art. Whilst we've got all this wonderful technology, we've lost the art of communication. Which is why we're here. People won't. have conversations. People don't want to have Conversations. People particularly don't want to have difficult conversations. No. Um, so we, we've we've got a new generation of people who <laughs> can't talk I'm, to I'm one another. Scared about how on earth they're going to be able to communicate with yeah. each other, and how they're going how to be able to gonna, conduct business. How we're going to resolve problems or you know, all these things? Yeah. It's it's going to be it's a brave new world, and yeah. I don't think it's for the better. To be honest, no. I think I'll go to the river and ignore it for a few days if that's all right with you. Well, I, I'm <laughs> not far behind you. In fact, I'll be doing exactly the same thing tomorrow afternoon. Where are you going camping? I've got some private property lined up oh. on the other side of the river. Oh, all oh, right. Okay. Oh, yeah. that's nice. I'll just go with the common man and camp at Toltol. Well, <laughs> where we normally do. I was actually quite happy to camp there, but I didn't think for one second I'll get one. Being that late. Well, and you know what? I may not. I went for a look on Monday and our spot that we usually go to is was vacant. Fingers crossed I'll go down there this afternoon after I've filled up the esky and got some gas bottles and it'll still be vacant. Well, let's hope so. Mm. Thank you very much. You have a wonderful Easter. I hope it's a quiet one for you. We don't want to see you getting around. No offence, but we don't just yet. Next I- week at the footy. Quite frankly, I'll be uh, I'll be camping down the river. No one will see me around, except I will come in. I've got my grandkids coming. We're going to take them to the little Easter oh, yeah. set up here that uh, Brett McLaughlin and some of the other uh, people are organising around the town. So yes, should be fantastic. Network house, and you were even putting the fairy floss machine together. I was. Wow, yes. man I, of many talents. I popped in, and someone was late, so <laughs> I helped Jack uh, pop pop together the fairy floss machine. And yeah, soz. That happens every now and then. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you very much. We will see you again in a month's time. Pleasure. Thanks, Jade. The Vale Podcast. Now, being Easter weekend, that means means a few things, really, around Robin Vale. It means camping, but it also means the Easter tennis tournament. Alan Vic, how are you both? 
Great, guys. Just uh, very excited. <laughs> wow, you're not being facetious at all, Elle, through I'm gritted very teeth. concerned about, about my own body. Vicky's excited. Yeah. No, ten- the tennis tournament's fantastic. It's a great event that Robinvale holds each year and um, I, don't, I don't think I've done much else for Easter for the last Ever. how many, Vic? I don't know, Al. I was hoping to ask you because I think the tournament might have been going for over 50 years now. Not the Easter one. Not the Easter one. No. Okay. No. There was a New Year's tournament back in the oh, Hojo. New Year's tournament? Yes. Oh. It was, uh, and it was like part of the circuit, part of the junior and senior. Oh, it was actually part of some point scoring situation. Oh, like some sort of circuit where you like championship points. Yeah, we'd get juniors coming down from Queensland. And true. True story. Wow. It was all about your outfit, as you can imagine. It's still all about the outfit, isn't it? Well, well. For some. For some. Absolutely. Oh, there's best prizes. dress this year. There you <laughs> go. Best dressed, yes. Leading. Really? Yes, absolutely. Best mm. dressed pairs, in fact. Yeah. You've got lots of sponsors and prizes and things. Let's start giving them a plug. Who's doing the best dress um, prize? Do you even know? Uh, well, we've got um, great vouchers, actually. We've got some from Tasco. We've got some from Pizza Cafe in Mildura. And mm. uh, we've also got some really good ones from Mildura and District Pest Management. So, um, Don't laugh at those. Not no. laughing at all. Pest control an expensive they, business. They I'll, be, I'll be dressing up just to get that one, vouchers, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. excited. Mm. Amcal Plus are um, back on board as major sponsors, I see. Always. Mm. Absolutely. No, they're fantastic supporters, both on the court and off the court with John, with all his gear. John and Karen both playing? Oh, I think they're not, actually. <gasps> the the Pizzasali family are a bit depleted this year. Um, but they've got work commitments as well as tournament commitments, so we are letting them off the hook oh, a little bit. goodness me. Now, Vic, mm. uh, I know you're excited for this. I can see that. It's seeping out of every pore and orifice. And that is because you are incredibly competitive when it comes to this tennis tournament. I'm Don't not- shake your head at me, young lady. <laughs> I'm actually not nearly as competitive as the, the person sitting beside me, uh, Alison. Alison is um, wasn't even going to play and now she's playing both days mm-hmm. uh, with her children, mind you. Well, that's I've, actually, good. I've actually ditched Vicky. Yeah, she um, has. She's dropped me. I've dropped her. Uh, as my doubles partner, and I wasn't playing at all um, due to just injuries and getting old. Uh, then both my children asked, and I have lived for that day. Which two? Lockie and Millie. Lockie and Millie. Wow. So, so I have they literally... wouldn't play together. They needed you as a conduit. Is that what they're yes, saying? I am. So a they're conduit. not going to. Will the day come? And Millie's probably more qualified to answer this, although she's sitting over there in the corner glaring at me, so I won't go there. Will there come a day, Mill, where you and Lockie play together and your mum can have it, the tournament off? Oh, yeah, okay. There's, there's every chance that could happen Sunday depending on the outcome of Saturday with regards <laughs> to the body. Um, I, I've got various names in my head already as to my um, backup plan, even partway through the day I have contacts to mm. sub in. <laughs> like I am concerned. <laughs> I am concerned about holding it all together. But, it's a level um, of it's a level of tournament, isn't it? It's brilliant. What does that mean? Tell me. Just everyone gets a lot of tennis, well, so good. you don't get kicked out. You don't get knocked out like no. first round, like I absolutely well, like, would if I was to play. But any of us would in a tournament. You know, you get that opportunity to get better as the day progresses, or for some get worse. worse. Mm. But 
it's just that's what makes it such a great tournament to come and come and play in and, and you know, people from the caravan park can wander up if they even if they don't have a racket and just join in mm. because they'll get some tennis and it's just about good fun. And, you know, there's so many people that come back year after year that we love seeing. Um, and it, it's it, it's wonderful. It's just a really great community event. Mm. Um, and the, yeah. the courts look magnificent. Oh, hello. Don't they? Is yeah. it Wimbledon? Wow. Very, well, very similar. It has yeah. to be questioned. Very. It does Wayno, have to be questioned. Wayno and TT. It does all look over like Kuyong at the <laughs> moment. I won't lie. Yeah, I'm. Mm. I'm, I'm. I'm feeling the vibe. Mm. Not it's to say about that's the what vibe. the. Yeah, and mm. I don't know what outfit Lockie and I are going to have to reassess because I'm after that M and D pest management. Can you make sure that's <laughs> yeah, the? Yeah, they're huge. They're, yeah. they're well, really good. Vouchers. No, I'm. I'm on that. I'll. I'll be dressing up <laughs> if I can get a M and D pest management voucher. I'll be. I'm in. Wow. I'm in. Um. So. Tell us what other vouchers have you have we got there? Because you've got a huge list, like, and I've been watching the sponsors go up on Facebook, and there's one a different one every day. Absolutely, we are so lucky um, in this community to have so many good sponsors. Mm. Um, so obviously, we've got MCAL Plus, we've got the Euston Club Resort over the river, and we've got CMV Farms, who have all been regular sponsors of our tournament, plus all our other other smaller companies um, around town we have we uh, there's too many to mention <laughs> there um, actually is <laughs> <laughs> but we've got Swan Hill Royal City Council Select Harvest uh, the Caravan Park here in Robinvale uh, VCT LRT Transport um, always super supporters and then we, we've got even um, you know Finlay Engineering from Ballarat even sponsor our tournament so they not only sponsor is that they because play. They, I was going to say yeah. because they come here to play yeah. and they're just yeah. great people yeah. they're just they they're great so great yeah. oh, I think I think the Jack's on there too isn't it yes yeah. oh, oh, well, sorry you, tell us you about certainly the hope so <laughs> <laughs> you would certainly hope yeah, so yeah but we've 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 committed some money and we've also uh, spent a bit of time with the uh, meetings that have had to happen to make the tournament absolutely that's um, our meeting place for go ahead Oh, so, yeah, I ran into you at a meeting yeah, yeah. not that long ago. Yeah, we're quite social with our yeah, we've sort of um, – I've over the last couple of years I've sort of disappeared from tennis a bit but um, we're always – I mean, it's one of the things I'm still really excited about as yeah. far as a sport in Robinvale goes. So, yeah. oh, As far as Easter in Robinvale goes. Oh, like, it's just a – It's just it, – it's Easter in Robinvale, really, And it brings it? people home. Yeah. You know, mm. You, you will often like, – last year was indicative of that. You had all the juries, the Millens, the Mitchells, the – you know, there were so many families that whose kids came home, especially yep. after COVID. Yeah. To to see each other again mm. and just play a bit of tennis. Play a bit of tennis, have a couple That's of – That's just on the side. Beverages. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a weekend of drinking beer with a little bit of tennis interrupting it, isn't it? <laughs> well, so, for some, obviously not for us competitive Obvi- oh, no, I was going to say, obviously not for you two no, who no. Are, are ju- you're playing for sheep stations, yes, obviously. Correct, correct. Mm. Not any motels as it might be. <laughs> Those days have uh, sadly passed. Do you think your competitive streak will ever disappear? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Don't be so silly. Oh, well, it's that's good likely. though. That's a good thing. Vic, who are you playing with? Uh, if Al's ditched I, you. Yeah, well, I got dumped. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> was I, it a, I, I, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> it was a bit type. of that. Yeah, yeah, it's not. Yeah. I'm too old. I'm too injured. No, no, no. Uh, I said, it's it's back. No, no, no. I said, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, it is in this case. I'm too, I'm not good enough. <laughs> we clearly made that happen last year. So, we uh, did. We went down, we ventured down to Country Week together. 
and played. I heard that tennis down there, <laughs> yeah. and and that's where we had a few injuries. Oh, and I got so, injured this you know, time, so. and it's um yeah. Oh, so you came to blows at Country Week, and yeah. the doubles teams busted up. We actually went down to this support. This is like the Woodies breaking the Ballarat up. Beavers. Oh, right. Yeah. The Ballarat Beavers. Beavers, correct. Wow. They were short on mm. numbers, so mm-hmm. they they called in, well, obviously they were taking whoever they could get and they got Vicky and I and yeah, I don't know that we were, you know, any assistance, but we managed to hurt ourselves in the process. And, and bust up a and doubles team yeah. like the Woodies. Yeah. So now we've had to leave each other. So you haven't answered the question yet. Who are you playing with? Oh. I'm playing with my niece, Imogen. So she's 17 and um, I'm looking forward to seeing how we go together. Wow. Last time we'll we played together, she was only 14. So. Mm. Wow. Yeah, so. so you might be able to just, and I don't want to preempt anything or cause offence in any way, Vic, <laughs> but you might be able to just take it easy and let the 17-year-old legs run <laughs> yeah, around the court. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> that's absolutely what I'm thinking. Of. She's pretty handy too, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she'll be all right. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I would love to see... I would love to see you guys play one another. Well, well, I don't know that we'll be in the same grade. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. know. Depends how that level goes. Yeah. So So you play a game and then win or lose depends whether you drop or go up. Right. And then you do it. Usually do another leveler, Mm. and then you'll go into A or B or drop to C and D. You know, there's people that take advantage of that situation. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, a lot of people like. Um, but there's. (laughs) There's also a lot that just you go out there with the intention sometimes. You're like, I'm just going to take it easy today. Like I really don't need to play in B or A grade or whatever. But it just gets the better of you. Like you just, you know, you can't help it. Mm. Well, there'd be a lot of people that wouldn't be satisfied with playing anything but A grade. Oh, absolutely. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. And then um, some that definitely want to be in B grades. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it kind of anyone in particular, Vic? <laughs> <laughs> well, it um, sounds like it's going to be a good weekend. As far as entertainment, because, you know, on Easter Saturday, we've got the Easter egg hunt happening yep. at Robinswood um, in the beautiful garden there, which will be great. So some of the kids, if there's kids running around at the tennis, can go over and join that. And then the Easter festival down at the community centre. So lots of things going on. What's on for din- dinner? And entertainment well, we, we Saturday, are sending Sunday. everyone down to the festival for dinner on Saturday night. Oh, that's easy. Um, so, yeah, we didn't want to compete with them. We wanted to share share the fun so um, everyone can head down there. And then Sunday night we've got Mick Pitt's special spit roast, which is always, which always good. It's always sensational. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, yeah. So, and he's, again, he's been a great supporter of the tournament for many, many years. And, yeah, so he's become part of the furniture as well. Yeah. Scotty Leslie? No, Scotty Leslie. Scotty's <gasps> on the tractor. I was going to say, so, he'd be sewing now, wouldn't so he? Try so. So he's mm. too busy mm. to oh. sing for us. But we have got some other features this year. We've, we're bringing breakfast back. We um, haven't had breakfast for Ooh. a couple of years. So um, there'll be, you know, egg and bacon. And um, we've even got a coffee lady this year. So I've got uh, a cousin I've roped in from the coffee bank in Pyramid Hill. So she'll be serving up coffee. All the way from Pyramid all Hill? All the way from Pyramid Hill. Wow, you've got just relations all <laughs> over the countryside, haven't you? <laughs> that apparently will do whatever you ask them to do. Well, no, she put her hand up. She owns a coffee shop down there, the coffee bank. Um, so she's happy to bring her machine and set up and give us all coffee. Oh, so be a license awesome to print money. A license to bonus. print money if you can if you've got a coffee van and can make coffee for three or four days straight. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. Yeah. Good yeah. to hear. What are you pointing at there, Al? Did you have uh, something just else? Just the that uh, cash prizes. Yeah. Well, what other cash it's prizes? All about the cash. 
It is about the cash. <laughs> we're, giving, it, we're giving away nearly $3,500 in prize <gasps> money. It was $3,000 last year. It's increased. Well, it's it's kind because of Because of inflation or? Yeah. So if yeah. we if we have all the entries and all the grades that we are hoping to get, um, there'll be nearly three point five. Um cash prizes. Wow. Yeah. That's impressive. It's very impressive. So, Thanks to our sponsors. So yeah. We're very, very lucky. I'm so impressed by the list of sponsors, but I shouldn't be and I shouldn't be surprised because the local businesses that su- support local events and clubs and associations in this town is remarkable. It absolutely. And agree. there is always, always, and you know this when you own a small business, there's always someone going around with their hand out going, can you sponsor this? Can you absolutely. donate this? Blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah. And you don't often get knockbacks. No. Um, if you, you know, put enough pressure on, no. obviously, here and there. But um, they, that's remarkable. So if if you were to win the A grade. Um, Unlikely, but. If you yeah, were to win yeah. the A grade, what's the cash prize for A grade? Uh, I think we'd take away $300. Each? Uh, I think that's for the pair. Mm. Is it? I think. Okay. So I'd be 150 It's a long each. time since I won that, Vicky. Yeah. So. <laughs> and it's a long time since I won it too. <laughs> and then it just tears down per grade. It does. Yeah, yeah. right. But even the kids. Like, yeah. So right through to the juniors, yeah, they take away 100 bucks. Do they? It's more than a couple of Easter eggs. Yeah. That is 100 bucks. Gee whiz. Yeah. That's a very well-to-do tooth fairy. If you Absolutely. don't play tennis all year, this is the weekend that you take it up. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I played tennis for a couple of weeks at the mm. beginning of this season. And then got busy, so. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen your entry come in yet, Jade. No, Just no. wondering when we'll see that. No, they probably won't be. I haven't got a teammate. Charlie's overseas. I don't know that I'd play with Charlie anyway. We'd, could you imagine that? We'd kill each other. Charlie can play. Yeah. yeah Charlie can He play. would kill me. Yeah. Like, he would just yell at me and berate me for my inability to play tennis. <laughs> and that's, you know, well, that's maybe fine. Next maybe next year we'll be... hook you up and see what yeah. happens. Next year's a... Could be a possibility. <laughs> I need some river time this year, so I'm going to head okay. out to the river. Fair enough. But, um, Fair enough. Look, all the best with it. It looks like it's going to be a hoot of a time as it normally is. Mm. Who knows? I might come in for a beer at some stage, maybe even Sunday night. Who yeah. knows? Do the spit. Yeah. It's just yeah, come for the spit. Absolutely. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's just good fun and, you good know. Atmosphere. Yeah. Good atmosphere. Good wind down at the end of the tournament. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. in for a good time. And, and the weather, like, it's looking like it's going to be amazing, just perfect for tennis. 30 and 32. Mm. Oh, okay, no, that's too hot. No, yeah, <laughs> that's too hot. That's too that's hot. Too, I was, oh, I was looking much. for 26 and 28. <laughs> yeah, that's I, was, I was still banking on the previous I'm temperatures of around about no rain, guys. No rain. No, I know. I, know. I think I there's rain forecast for Sunday, isn't there? Uh, less than a mil. Less than a mil. Yeah. Oh. 40% chance less than a mil. Oh, that's Trust me, I'm being revised. Right. Oh, we could be... Uh, so it could be fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So on Monday, I think... You won't be bit. stuck out the river for days on end. No, well, I wasn't going to go too if it was going to rain. Yeah. My camping in on the river in rain is not no. my idea of fun. No. No. <laughs> not at all. But if it's going to be 32 degrees, then putting the boat in is my idea of fun. Yeah, so there you good. go. Hmm. All right. Wonderful. Done. Thank you, ladies. All the best with it. And thank you for organising this tournament like you do every year. Oh, awesome. Vicky's amazing. She, she truly is. She's amazing. Is. Yep. yep. Done a great I've got job. A lot of help. Once again. Mm, once again. <laughs> Thank Thanks, you, ladies. Guys. Okay. Thanks, Jade. The Vale Podcast. Now we're covering, well, at least two emergency services this long weekend with uh, Senior Sergeant Dale Long kicking off this episode. Now we've got Emma, who's a CFA volunteer. Do we, do we use your real name or will we give you an assumed name? <laughs> <laughs> we can call me Lieutenant Wright if you like. Oh, are you, is that your title, Lieutenant Wright? Yeah. 
do you get a – can you be a lieutenant even though you're a volunteer? Correct. Wow. That's impressive. Yeah. Okay, that's that's uh, that's a pretty big, like, carrot to dangle in front of someone. It is. Isn't yeah. it? Yep. Can you move over that way just so you're right in front of the microphone, I Lieutenant can. Wright? <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, so tell us, the CFA in Robinvale in mm-hmm. particular, it's 100% volunteer-based, isn't it? Yep, correct. Mm. 100%. How does that go? Yeah, it's a challenge at mm. times. Yeah, mm. definitely. It's a challenge. That's all of that. Very good indeed. Yeah, it's a challenge. <laughs> How many volunteer members have you got at the moment to fight fires? Currently we have quite a few on the books. However, we all have different roles in the community. Mm. So there's a lot of different variety of jobs and people who can come and go. And currently at the moment after we've had COVID hit, we've had uh, the same amount turning out to jobs regularly, which is two families at this stage. Yeah, right. Your family and, and another one. Yeah, and the other one. <laughs> There's of course there are others that can come when they can come, but mm. it's making it quite challenging at the yeah. moment. So you need to increase your volunteer base. We do. And I think every community organisation needs to increase their volunteer base. So if volunteering is on you and it should be like, you know, anywhere you live is what you make of it. And you can make something great of it if you get involved in your community and with all the different options that you have cfa is one that keeps you active like tell us about what goes on as a cfa volunteer okay so we do training every tuesday night at 7 30 at this stage um we go and train on all the different vehicles that we have so robinvale has a pumper which is basically what you use for structure fires and fighting town fire areas and of course all our humongous infrastructure that we have in Robinvale. Mm. We have some really big companies here with some really big sheds. Um, we have a fire. Yeah we saw that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we have a fire um, truck which mm. is a tanker and that's for all the wildfire and grass fire in our area. We have a big fill and that's what we fill the trucks with really fast. That's the do way I talk about it. Do you call the truck Big Fill? Yes, it's yeah, of a big you do. fill. <laughs> <laughs> he fills it up really quickly. Mm. So, and then we have an FCV, which is a forward control vehicle. And our captain, Andrew, hops in that generally and he'll run the fire with some others. So if it becomes a group job like people have seen recently, mm. that means that all the other trucks from the area, including the New South Wales, one that we get along with really well, um, come together mm. and fight the fire from all these different townships that we have around us. As and they should. Amazing. The yeah. river shouldn't really be an obstacle in no. my opinion, my humble opinion. Yep. Um, so that's great that you guys do and work it, together. And it's quite a different area of Robinvale, isn't it? Mm. It's um, We have the river country and we have New South Wales, but we go as far as Benangatang and Chingapook. They're part of our group and it's called the Robinvale Group. Yep. And they have farming over there that's called dry farming mm. versus us, the fruit and mm. that sort of stuff. Yeah, there's dry farming, you know, as close as yeah. anywhere. Oh, no, no, closer. Banneton, yeah, all around right. us, you know, yeah. still yeah. dry land, a bit of dry land farming. Which causes stubble, which, yeah. yeah which mm. got struck by, or there was a lightning strike at Curran's, um, Gosh, it wasn't that long ago and I drive out of our driveway and see this wall of smoke. Now, I got talking to some firefighters that this was years ago when I was working in in radio and they brought the bus at the start of summer to talk about how fire works. I was fascinated with how fire can create its own weather. Like if it gets big – 
fire fronts like that, like the one we saw at Currents, can create its own weather yeah, and wind and currents. And Absolutely. So all the different land structure that we have here also, mm. and um, the bigger it gets, it definitely can create its own weather. Mm. And that's, that's a true fact. That's, Absolutely. That's horrific when you think about it. It is. Fire yeah. petrifies me. Petrif- <laughs> it does. Yep. I was always one of these kids that always thought our house was going to, even now, yep. I'm always one to, like, Daylight savings, always check the smoke detectors. And, in fact, I've just reminded myself I need some new 9-volt batteries. Awesome. Um, But I'm – Always paranoid that the house is going to burn down. Don't know why. Don't know where this comes from. Never been involved in a house fire. Never even been close to a house fire. Yep. But petrified of it. Petrified of leaving a campfire burning. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know. And, this and, is- the, and the most important um, education thing in that is put it out with water, mm. not dirt. Mm. Put it out with water because the dirt stays warm, doesn't it? It can. And yeah. if the wind blows it, it can. St- that's oxygen. Mm. You're adding oxygen to something that could. Blow up again and, yeah. You know what the other the other um, tool that I've become quite um, a fan of as far as campfires go, you know the portable fold-up ones? Yep, they're great. Like Ben's got a couple over there, the ARB ones, but I was given one for Christmas. They're the best. Yep. Because there's no, you know, yep. if it's still hot or not. Because you Absolutely. can quite literally, I mean, don't go putting your hand flat on it because they're <laughs> like fry pans, but you know if it's out um, and there's no – I just think they're the, one of the best obvious inventions of the last 10 years. Yes, yeah. and that's right. Mm. So even now when we're educating in the community, it's please – you can use a fire for warmth mm. in town as well as uh, cooking, but mm. that's it. And it needs to be in that structure. Yeah. And it can be as simple as that structure that yeah. you've got yourself. Yeah. yeah. Backyard fire pits are great, but, again, I'm, I again, suspect they the get – Again, they're yeah. they're – Unsafe. Yeah. yeah. The portable fold-up ones are just, as for camping and putting in your caravan, I just think are the best. Again, really obvious invention. I wish I had a thought of it. But, yeah. Wish you patented that one. Yeah, I wish I did. <laughs> I'd be a Brazilianaire by now. Um, so the CFA messages over the – oh, hang on. There was an incident last night because we're all at netball training and you probably can't say much about this, but I know because I rocked up there afterwards after training. But – we hear the sirens going at netball training and then everyone's watches start to go because we've all got the Vic Emergency app. We're Thank like, goodness, Ooh. I'm so glad. Yeah, well, and I was kind of like, oh, people are engaged. This is great. But it came up with fire in Parent Street and we're all going, ooh, what's on fire? Ooh, is it the pub? What's on? Ooh, I hope it's not the pizza shop and then they realise the pizza shop's in Lachie Road. But, um, but there was a ute catch fire. Yeah, it could have. Yeah, yeah, could have. I know it did because I was there talking to the people that were involved in it um, after it was being put on the on the tilt truck. That's just something completely out of the blue that you would not expect. Yeah, yeah. And we've got a lot of Easter traffic coming in at the moment yeah. too, and people need to be really on the on the ball. We've mm. been in COVID times for a while, mm. and we've got that that tourism back. So yeah. that's yeah, lots so you, of people. Yeah, lots of things could happen over this weekend. Yeah, definitely. with a very small volunteer. Now tell us how, if people are so inclined to get involved in the CFA, and what a noble thing to do, um, how can they do that? They can come down any Tuesday night at 7.30 and meet us. We'd love to meet them. We can roll it through. Now there's another way they can do that is there's an expression of interest form that you can just jump online. So you can go online and say, I want to become a CFA volunteer, and you'll 
pop in an expression of interest. You need to tick the boxes, tick, 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 tick. Yep. That's what I would like to do. Then you'll say yes, submit, and you'll put it Robinvale Brigade if you wanted to join our community. Okay. Base. Is that just on the CFA So, yeah, website? if you just Google CFA volunteer, that's exactly where it'll be. You take know what? You. I might even just put that little link on our website yeah, so it's sure. easy for people. That'd be fantastic. Um, we also have a Facebook page for Robinvale CFA that you might be inclined to watch. We've got some information on there and we've definitely got, would you like to come down and meet us and have a chat? Yep. We're like a family down there. It's mm. another, our emergency services in our area, we're not huge here mm. and we're all inclined to be like families once you've joined one of these organisations yep. and with each organisation as well. Yeah. So um, some of the things that you can do as a volunteering is you can be an active firefighter, operational, absolutely, which means that you um, – you can become a general firefighter, okay? That's your first step that you'll become. Then if you don't want to be operational, we still have roles for you. Really? Yes, we oh, do. Like admin? Yeah, Ugh. for sure. We Ugh. have relationship engagement, <laughs> education across the local communities though. People can oh. come and educate. Become That's a that good brigade idea. education person. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, they can help with fundraising, campaigns, events, help us to do those sort of things, media promotion, administration, um, training or brigade maintenance equipment. Maybe you, you oh. don't or think you don't have the skills. So you don't need to have any skills. You just need to be who you are. Yeah, right. And come along, check it out and see if it fits for you. Yeah. There's no pressure in this sort of stuff and also – Quite a young community can join. Yeah. So they can join from when they're 16 as long as they have parent parental consent. And That's young, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's good though. And you can be an operational firefighter from Yeah. There. And yeah. people that – and I see a lot of my friends' kids are involved in um, CFA all over the state and they yeah. love it. They do. They love it. Like once you're in, yep. if that's your thing, if that's what fits your brand, yep. then, yeah, people love it, don't they? They do. And they'll guide to where they want to go. Maybe mm. they decide they don't want to be an operational firefighter mm. and that's fine. But being a part of our organisation doesn't mean that's all you're going to do. Yeah. You're not just going to fight fire. Mm. It's a bit of everything. So, And we have many roles for people to be a part of that. Awesome. Well, I will put the link on our website and the link to the Facebook page as well yep. so that expression of interest. Otherwise, head down to the CFA 7.30 on a Tuesday night. It'd be great to see anybody. We do run our own meetings on the first my first Tuesday of every month. So if you don't want to come to a meeting, that's fine too. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like uh, options are pretty flexible, Lieutenant Raj. <laughs> they are. Mm. Um, are you going to be kept very busy over Easter or are you hoping not? We're hoping not to mm. be. We always hope not to be. However, we'll be on the pulse. We'll yeah. be around. So. Yeah, good. Good. Yeah, everyone's well, here. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that uh, there are people keeping our community safe. So thank you for your service. <laughs> Thanks, Jade. All right, you have a good Easter, Emma, and uh, we will talk to you again soon. Thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Vale Podcast. Find more local stories in Mildura Living Magazine.